Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Andrew Long, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time, and we are back for another week of wasted time talking about NFL news and nonsense. And I am excited to have a special guest with us tonight with his second appearance on the show. It's Adam Maniva of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Adam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So um, those of you might have uh, followed along might have noticed that Adam was supposed to be on the show last week, but we had uh, lots of technical difficulties thanks to Blog Talk Radio. This was not our fault this time. It was actually their fault. So, hey, Adam, thanks for putting up with us and coming back on the show. We appreciate it. Last week, uh, a little bit of a bust, and we had all these things that we wanted to talk about, starting the Redskins, right. but and the power, the power rankings and stuff. But we're going to do that this week, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, and I know that you ended up being on the uh, Urban Sports team last week uh, and then missing our show, so we're going to make up for it by having a really good show where we're just focusing on just Adam. This is the all-Adam show, guys. <laughs> we're going to talk about nothing but stuff that Adam likes, so let's go ahead and get rolling. All right, so we will get to all the stuff that you like, Adam, but the first thing I want to talk about is the top five power rankings, something that we do every week. Um, and since we normally have Ryan here sounding off on who he thinks in the top five, um, and uh, we know that it's going to be uh, – his, his list would probably look like uh, the New England Patriots at one and then the New England Patriots at two, three, four, and five. So we probably don't need him on the show to figure that out. But, uh, Adam, tell us, what do you have as your top five power rankings post-week five? Well, of course, yeah. I got I got to go with the Patriots. The the beating they put on my Redskins was really no surprise. We were surprised actually. We hung in for the first half. It was twelve seven and a half. Right. That's kind of been a theme for them all year. Um, second, um, the Saints. I, I was actually really impressed with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. It was a breakout game, over three hundred fourteen yards, four touchdowns, and I was impressed by you know they brought it on all sides of the ball. Um, at three, I had the Chiefs, and and you know although they they dropped the game to the Colts, you know Mahomes, mm-hmm. the dude is still. He's awesome. Uh, the Colts, I think, are going to surprise some people coming, you know, in the future. Um, four, I had San Fran. Honestly, the 49ers is probably one of the most impressive teams I saw with the, the blowout over the Browns. And the Browns have just, you know, I've always been a Baker Mayfield fan since college, and I'm just really disappointed. I really did. I, I put a, all on Freddie Kitchens because I really mm-hmm. think with so much talent around there, I don't understand how they get blown out. But, uh, you know, Kyle no Shanahan, you know, he's got, he's got that run game going with Breida and Coleman, you know. Um, and, you know, finish it off at fifth, you know, I have the Packers. Um, I think the, the score was a little deceiving, 34-24 final. I think, mm-hmm. that, you know, the garbage garbage time stats by Dak, you know, he went for 463. But, you know, they were the second half, I, I feel that the Packers let off the gas a little bit and let them back in it. But, yeah, I have Packers five. Uh, really impressed with their defense and um, especially how um, Aaron Jones looked. He looked unstoppable. Yes. With almost nearly 200 total yards and four touchdowns wow. today. That was something else, huh? Free Aaron Jones, and look what happens. It took a Jamal Williams a- injury to get him out there. I mean, um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't bode well for the uh, Aaron Rodgers fantasy football owners, but, man, Aaron Jones looks amazing. Let me go through my top five. Then I got some questions for you. I'm with you. Uh, I don't think there's any debate here that the Patriots are number one in the, in the power rankings. 
Um, they're just look that you know their offense is good, but you know what really impresses me is the uh, stability on defense. They've actually looked fantastic on defense, uh, but for allowing that um, that fluke run by the Redskins early on, which I will admit, like most of America, I was rooting for that. I was excited about that uh, touchdown, and uh, I was excited about uh, being down only nine seven. And I thought, you know what, maybe maybe Jay Gruden would have a job on Monday, but. Uh, alas, mm-hmm. uh, the Patriots decided to become the Patriots, and that's what happens in the second half of most games. I have the 49ers at number two, and I agree with you, Adam. I mean, I was really impressed with what they've done there. They have an amazing offensive line, though they do have two injuries uh, this week, so it's going to be uh, interesting to keep an eye on that. Plus, Kyle Juszczyk, who's probably one of the best fullbacks in the league, also injured, so that could be a problem. But they do have two viable running backs out of Tevin Coleman is back with Matt Breida. And uh, Garoppolo's a pretty good game manager. I mean, he's got Kittle. Doesn't have much else, but that's fine. That's all you really need when you have such a strong defense. And boy, uh, I'm with you. I've always been a, a Baker Mayfield fan. Uh, I always thought that he would be, be he's going to be good in the NFL. Last year, I was excited to see what he did. Uh, what a huge step back! What a huge step back! So you think that uh, it's Freddie Kitchens? I think that's a part of it. Um, I, I feel like there's got to be more because how do you how do you not succeed with all that talent around you obj and jarvis landry and uh, nick chubb it just seems like it seems impossible to fail well after them i have the saints uh so i kind of just flipped that around a little bit i have the Chiefs tumbling down to four because patrick mahomes is amazing and just to quote chris collinsworth he's basically the best best thing since sliced bread bread i mean every single every single pass he had was amazing even though when he was limping around the field so um, yeah, probably, but he was injured and he didn't have a lot of help. And uh, the defense is suspect. I really do think the Kansas City Chiefs defense is suspect, so it's hard for me to put him higher than four. And I also have the Packers at five. I also believe the score it was deceiving. You watched that entire game, and the uh, Packers were in control the entire time. Dak Prescott looked lost. They uh, the Cowboys did have some of that junk time stuff at the end of the end of the game to make it look more reasonable. But uh, let's you know this was really more of a uh, thirty. You know, 34 to zero type of thing. You know, I don't think the 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 uh, the uh, Cowboys had any chance of being in this game. Let me ask you this question. So you have the Chiefs still at uh, number three. I, I have the Chiefs at four. I know that's not that's not that much of a difference. Uh, I like what the Saints are doing. I'm amazed at what Teddy Bridgewater has been able to put together. Once Drew Brees comes back, I think those guys are going to be just dynamic. Um, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs? You know, what why what what do you think about the why do you think the Chiefs are actually better than the 49ers, better than the Packers? I mean, I, I really do think the thing that sets them apart from those two teams is defense. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs sure. don't have it, and the 49ers and Packers do. For sure, for sure. I agree with you. It's just I, I, I don't go against Mahomes. I just think he's the kind of quarterback, you know, Brett Favre-esque, that's going to keep you in every game. And I agree, this defense is definitely suspect. Um, but I just think, you know, San Fran, I, I, I agree. I like their defense. I like their running game. I'm just not convinced that they can sustain this kind of um, talent um, uh, production. I just think the Chiefs, even with that suspect defense, you know, I still see them, like you said, three or four, you know, we're, we're, we're tossing that up now. Um, but I think Mahomes, if the team goes with him, you know, the way he plays, the way, you know, um, the enemy and, and Andy Reid use him, they know how to use him. And I just think with him and the way that they won their run game out of the RPO, I'm a huge fan of RPO. Kind of hoping that's what I'm going to see more with my Redskins. I don't know if we're going to see that with Bill Callahan, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. I really like what the Chiefs do on offense. And I think that, you know, there'll be a lot of games like, you know, the, the 19-13 game, they're going to lose those kind of games. I think the kind of games that they'll be, you know, with victories are, you know, 
when they're scoring 25 to 31 points a game. But I still like them better over San Francisco and the Packers right now. But that could quickly change. If, if San Francisco can sustain this kind of production in the run game with Coleman and Breida, I think that mm-hmm. they could you know, possibly leapfrog them up. But, yeah, I think Garoppolo, although I like him, I think he's slightly overrated. Um, mm-hmm. But I do believe that, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're tossing, tossing it up here between um, Kansas City, San Francisco, and the Packers. Right, right. And actually, and I agree, you know, I think Jimmy G is a little bit overrated. Um, you know, he, he's definitely kind of falling into that game manager role more so than kind of a playmaker. He doesn't need to make plays right now, but, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in Debo Samuel or, um, you know, um, Dante Pettis. I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in all those guys. You know, I mean, other than George Kittle, what do they really have outside of a lot of running right. backs? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's right. the one thing that, right. and I agree with you. I think, I don't know if it's sustainable, but it sure looks good right now. Um, right. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to get off topic. I, I, but let me, yeah, go ahead. Right. I, I think, you know, with the, with the trade deadline coming up that, um, you know, that's my thing. I'm really into, you know, drafts and trades. And I really think that we're going to see San Francisco try to do something because I agree. I really thought Debo Samuel might do more than he's done. But I can't yeah, really put that too. on him because without a true number one, I think it's too much pressure. I think he needs to have a true veteran. And, you know, I definitely think that San Francisco will be, you know, a team that will be looking to try to upgrade at number one. If they do do that, you know, I definitely think that they can, you know, stay where they are, even actually get better. Yeah, no, no doubt. It would be really interesting to see how this develops over time. And like I said, there are a lot of injuries in their offensive line and of Kyle Ustrak. I think Ustrak is a big part of their run game. Um, he's so effective as a fullback and he also catches passes and he runs the ball. So all those things make them so dangerous on the ground, but it's a grind them out type of thing. And they had their bye week early. I think that was a major, um, that was a major negative for them because they actually would probably benefit from a later um, bye week. uh, Just based on the way they play the game. Um, Hey, so light, light applause there. Nice job, Adam, because um, normally we would have gotten into some sort of yelling match about how um, awesome the uh, (laughs) Patriots are and how terrible every other team is. I love taking right. shots at Ryan when he's not here because he can't defend himself. So this is this is absolutely perfect. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go ahead and ring the bell on that segment. And let's move on to the next segment, which is talking about those Washington Redskins. So, the, you know, there was a lot of rumors going around that week four game uh, between the Redskins and the Giants was going to determine Jay Gruden's job. But then, you know, there were some reports that came out that said, no, no, his job is not going to hinge on that. Apparently it's going to hinge on the game against the Packers. I mean, against the Patriots. Wow, what a terrible place to be to say that your 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 future employment is based around beating the best team in the NFL, you know, the best defense and possibly the best uh, offense, at least in terms of game planning and game scheming in the NFL. So that started unpredictably, ended predictably, and ended even more predictably when they called Jay Gruden into the office at 5 a.m. in the morning to fire him. Um, a particularly mean thing to do, I'd think. But then uh, yeah, but that's that. And so now we have uh, now we have Bill Callahan in charge there in Washington. Let me ask you, Adam, you're the guy when it comes to the Redskins. Um, what are your thoughts about this? What, how do you think this changes the team and what direction will they go in? And is this going to make any difference for this season? Yeah, it, it's uh, Callahan's a hard one to judge because we're, you know, we're going to go back all the way to, uh, you know, when he was with the Raiders that one year as a head coach, mm-hmm. when, you know, the whole John Gruden traded to Tampa Bay, you know, yep. and, um, I just think Callahan right now, you know, he's saying the right things. He's doing the right things as far as, you know, I like what I saw today about he's bringing in refs to practice uh, as far as trying to minimize the penalties. So that's been a big problem for offensive line. Um, the fumbles have been a big, you know, 
emphasis in practices as well. So he's been having mm-hmm. a lot more drills with those um, and a lot more running because he, from what it sounds like, the conditioning level of this team in the second half, in his opinion, was an issue um, because it recently came out, you know, per D'Angelo Hall on his podcast, was saying that Callahan and Jay Gruden really didn't were not fond of each other. And as this actually went back to last year where, you know, the discussion of Jay being let go then, he said basically it's him or me. And somehow they mended fences and they went into this year. But you could clearly see that the run game and pass game is still not being meshed. You know, when you send out the kind of personnel, teams know what's going on. And let's be fair to the Redskins offensive line. Trent Williams is a huge blow. Not having him is huge. Absolutely. And along that level, you know, they've had Nick and Matt. They've had Brandon Schreff out. They've had, you know, basically all, all of the starters out. But I'm not going to make excuses for that because Callian is saying that he's going to have a commitment to the run. I think that this is all up. This is going to be about AP. This is going to see what Peterson can do. He clear him and Jay Gruden clearly weren't on the same page. Um, you could you could see it from everywhere. You know the way he played him, the runs that were being you know put out there, the whole idea of using your tight ends in a blocking game that aren't accustomed to doing that really make no made no sense to me. It was you know fitting mm-hmm. square pegs in a round. You know what I mean? And I really think what. What I'm hoping, the article I just wrote, a new look for the offense for Washington and how Haskins factors in, is mm-hmm. unfortunately Haskins is not going to be in anytime soon unless it comes to injury, which that could happen. But with the commitment to the run, I think what we're going to see against Miami, we'll definitely see more of a run-first identity, and it really will come down to how effective this offensive line can be and how effective Adrian Peterson can be. Um, but so far, like I said, He's saying all the right things. He's, he's, you know, focusing on how we need to be prepared, which is that's every after every game it's the same narrative from Jay Gruden that they're not prepared. So we'll see what happens. But I think my guy is Kevin O'Connell. I'm, that's who I'm watching for this week. And Callahan made a point of emphasis in the press conference that O'Connell is going to have full control over the, the passing game. So what I'm looking to see is, you know, we mentioned it, how they had a breakout play against the Patriots with Steven Sims. You've got to get the ball in that guy's hands. I've been following him since Kansas. I'm a big fan of his. Him and McLaurin right now are two guys that are the speedsters. Um, you know, we talked before about Richardson. I'm not high on Richardson. I just think he's okay. He's average. And the fact that he's still healthy is a plus right now. I think that getting Steven Sims and McLaurin involved is imperative. But another guy that most people aren't talking about outside of D.C. is Cam Sims, uh, our uh, undrafted free agent out of Alabama two years ago. I think this is a guy at six foot five. He is not only a receiving threat, he's somebody that can help the run game. And if they really want to have a chance in this run game, they're going to have to utilize more stretch runs. They're going to have to get the quarterback out of the pocket. What it sounds like now is Keenum is going to be the guy, which I guess, you know, it is what it is. And he's been dealing with a foot injury, so – if uh, Haskins is listed at QB2, which it sounds like per getting the first-team practice reps, we could see Haskins soon. So that's what I'm waiting to see um, because I don't think we're going to really see what O'Connell can do with this passing game with Keenum mm-hmm. in there. So I think we're going to see a heavy dose of, of the run game. But uh, Miami, you know, everyone is saying, you know, they're tanking and this is a, you know, there's delusional people out there, fans that are thinking, okay, this is a win. I don't know. I've been watching film all day of this, and I think Miami's going to be a, a tough game for them. So, uh, you know, if they can have an effective run game, they'll win the game. But that's what it Miami, a to. tough game. I don't think we've heard that those words uh, in quite some time. So that's going to be interesting it, to it, see. It, it hurts to say it, yeah. 
<laughs> well, let me, you know, let me ask you that question about the, the uh, quarterback issue, because, yeah, I saw that report as well from Ian Rappaport that Case Keenum is expected to start in week six against the Dolphins. Um, I, I didn't know if Bill Callahan has actually named the starter yet, um, but if, uh, but both, all three of them are, if all three of them are healthy, you know, Keenum, McCoy, Haskins, you know, do you have a thought on what you want to see? Did you, would you want to see Haskins out there uh, in week six against the Dolphins? I think this is the ideal game for him. You know, I understand what Callahan is doing. That's kind of a lot of pressure on him and Dwayne Haskins to get that going. But I think if you're going to do it any game, this would have been the game. You know, he made a point of emphasis in the press conference that they've got a plan. It sounds like Jay Gruden had no plan. They've got a set of packages (laughs) for him. Um, You know, when he was asked at the press conference, thoughts on Dwayne Haskins, if he'll be able to play, he says, quote, not right now, but he'll be ready at some point. Um, right. And he's like you said, he has going to have a set of plays for him and he expects him to take ownership of those plays. You know, if we're talking about RPOs, any kind of zone read, which, you know, that is, you know, some of the concepts that he did with Ohio State. Um, but the way I think it's going to pan out is if Keenum can, you know, move the ball effectively, you know, they can have some success. But I don't think you're going to see a quick hook on Keenum. I think they will stay with him. And the early thoughts is, you know, Keenum's going to get the start. You know, they're just going to – I think they're going to not show their hand before game day, you know, probably make an announcement in a day or two. Um, but from every impression from everyone I'm hearing, Colt McCoy is probably going to be the inactive quarterback, um, mm-hmm. considering that Haskins is getting all these first-team reps. I doubt that they would put him as inactive in QB3 if they're giving him first-team reps. So I think that's what we're going to see. But, again, if it's Keenum, he's just got so many limitations and – I really think that this foot injury could limit him. They're saying that he's healthy and they're saying all the right things, but you could clearly see, you know, two weeks ago that he was not, he's not looking good. And Colt McCoy, I don't want to see him anywhere near the field. I understand he's a great guy. A lot of Redskins fans like him, you know, he'll be Mm -hmm. a really good coach one day, but he does not belong on an NFL field in my opinion. So, you know, I think we're going to see Keenum in a healthy dose of Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. Hopefully this defense. I don't. I'm. I'm still dumbfounded why Minuski is still there. From the impressions I got from Catalina at the press conference, it's more about they don't want to do too much at once, which sounds like they don't want to just do two firings in a row. And he said he's patient, but he'll only be so patient. I think that that was a direct shot at Minuski. That if this defense doesn't look world better against a Miami team, which they should, because. You know, Minuski all year has letting his letting his cornerbacks play off coverage. You know, he started to show more pressure against the Patriots, and it showed. You know, they racked up a couple sacks. You know, Monte Nicholson had a nice interception when Brady was under pressure. But it's about doing it all game. It's not just doing it in the beginning and getting the lead, which I can see them getting the lead against Miami early on. But the question is, will they put the pressure on both offense and defense? And even though he's talking – Hey, caller. In the run. Hello. Yeah, you know. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry, sorry. I uh, we had a caller come in here. Uh, to just pulled on and uh, and they got a little jumbled here on the on the uh, on the board. Sorry about that, uh, Adam. Hey, uh, do we have a caller on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, How you going? doing? Uh, who is this? Who's speaking? This is Naj. Hey, Naj. It's uh, welcome to the show. We got Adam on here. You got a question for us? Uh well, I guess yeah. The only question I would have would be, uh, what is the what is the fan base of Washington uh, just think about bringing Gruden back, uh, just in general? Like, 
the moment he decided he didn't like the quarterback selection, why wasn't he forced out at that point? And then you get the whole summer or the whole off season of, to to prepare Haskins as the QB one, and we're not right. sitting here talking about a Miami game, which should be there for the taking. To where you're like, oh man, we haven't actually haven't given him <laughs> enough reps, and he's not ready right. for this cake right. game. So we kind of got to let this opportunity slide. Like, how, how does right. the base feel about just you know just bringing Gruden back in general? Easy answer, uh, Bruce Allen. It, that's what it came down to. They were they were you know connected at the hip, and it was a little surprising you know during the press conference that he didn't give him any credit because you know that's been you know his guy for a long time. And nope, I have never seen a coach with his kind of track record within five years be kept around for a fifth year, let alone be extended. Um, I think that's what basically happened is the quarterback was forced on him. And, you know, I wrote about Haskins pre-draft and, you know, I had him as a late first, early second. And I even said, I do believe he needs some time in saying Mm -hmm. that Rudin should have seen right away what he had in camp with his quarterback. He, he didn't have Colt McCoy. So basically with Keenum, Keenan wasn't a world beater and, you know, granted Haskins is going to make all those mistakes as a rookie, but he had no plan in place. And you can just see from the way Gruden goes about his business. He is an offensive coordinator. You know, he's got a you know decent mind when it comes to the West coast scheme, but he has no idea how to be a head coach and be a leader of men. And it showed with the way with Haskins and most, especially with Adrian Peterson, you do not treat a future hall of fame, famer like that. Adrian Peterson came in here and tried out for our team. People like him don't do that. They either get signed or not. He, Doug Williams brought him in without actually even talking to anyone, and he mm-hmm. blew it up. Gruden not only failed in developing Haskins, he failed to develop a scheme that would utilize Adrian Peterson. Like I said before you called, the whole idea that they're using tight ends, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle, mm-hmm. in, a blo- in your blocking scheme, it made no sense, and it's, it's stubbornness. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to stubbornness and an old-school West Coast system that focuses on the middle of the field, which is great. But when you have players like Haskins and Adrian Peterson, you can do so much more in the RPO game, uh, you know, the mesh concept. There's a lot you can do. But he decided that he wanted to do what he wanted to do, which was use Keenum and force his game, uh, his game plan down everyone's throat. And I don't know what made them not make a decision early on, but for some reason, I think, and I was one of them, I'll admit it, I think that they had so much faith on this defense that right. they thought, okay, Keenan will be good enough, we'll get the run game you know, going. And, again, it's the Trent Williams situation. The Trent Williams situation threw them for a loop. And, you know, one man never can change anything. But in Washington, when it comes to our passing running game, losing Trent Williams, it, it hurts. Yep. Oh, yeah, he's that good. He's that good. And the moment you offer him all the money in the world and he declines, uh, you trade him for a first. Like, this this yeah, makes yeah. no sense to let that linger either, man. Like, this is crazy. No doubt. But, yeah. Uh, y'all hold it down, man. Nice, nice show. Nice listening to y'all. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, those some some good questions there. And then, on, obviously, some questions are probably sitting on the minds of Redskins, fan across, Redskins fans across the country. Let me ask you a question about this head coach scenario here. Because, like you said, you have your eyes on Kevin O'Connell. There's some talk about the fact that, that Kevin O'Connell will be eventually promoted to replace um, Bill Callahan as uh, head coach. What are your thoughts on that? Is this kind of this kind of, uh, you know, gold rush for the next Sean McVay? Or are we actually – you think this is legit, that Kevin O'Connell could be – a legitimate hedge coach. 
I, again, I've been saying that prior to this happening, and I thought the right move would have been promoting Kevin O'Connell to head coach because at that point, you know, we get a chance to see not only how we can call, you know, the offense, but how our players are going to respond to him. And I think, you know, the whole idea with Callahan, you know, he's another one that had a really good relationship with Bruce Allen. And mm-hmm. they basically, he's the highest paid assistant coach until the promotion in the NFL. So money has kept him around. It's worked. I really I wonder if he wasn't getting paid what he was, if he would stick around. And I think O'Connell can be that good, but I'll say it again. With Keenum or Colt McCoy, we'll have no idea, you know, how good O'Connell can be. Um, A lot of talk is if somehow Callahan can go out and we can finish the season with seven, eight wins, which, you know, big deal, you know, that they could keep him around for head coach and, you know, in turn keep O'Connell as offensive coordinator, because, you know, in fact, you know, let's be real, McVay, he did have a few more years as a position coach. O'Connell went from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator in a two-year span. So it is a quick rise, but, you know, people I've spoken to, everything I've read, you know, the fact Mm -hmm. that he played behind Brady in New England, and, you know, they had glowing things, remarks to say about him that, you know, there was even talk that they said when he was a backup quarterback that he's going to be a future head coach. Mm -hmm. So right now, you know, I'm on the fence on how this can work because if Callahan is truly saying he's going to, you know, dedicate everything to the run game, how much of O'Connell are we going to see? You know, how much of his innovation? Because that's what I've always spoke about this year is I think that he's the innovative mind that we need, the Ala McVay, granted mm-hmm. not with the kind of experience, but I think he can be good. But, again, I think the whole idea that they should save Haskins and, I, I, I don't know. It, it, to me, again, I'm with Dan Orlovsky. I mentioned it in my piece that, you know, yep. you have to play him. You're not going to, you know, on-the-job training is the only way to get a true idea how good he can be because what Orlovsky said is you can ruin a player like this. If you're having some, like, people keep mentioning Kansas City, how you had Alex Smith in front of Mahomes. Case sure. Keenum is not even in the league you know, when at the time Alex Smith, the way Alex Smith was able to run that offense, it was tailor made for him. What I don't understand is in the NFL, you have good teams that find ways. And I, I always go back to the Baltimore scenario, you know, with Jackson over there. Okay. He's a running quarterback granted, but when Flacco was there, they found ways to get him on the field packages, you know, different packages, uh, you know, just to utilize his speed, you, you know, but I think one thing Jackson has showed is he's much more than a runner and he can throw the ball. And I think Haskins showed, you know, in that just in that little sample size of three quarters against the Giants, on the second play he had a 14-yard scramble. He looked pretty fleet-footed to me. So what mm-hmm. I'd like to see with them, I'd like to see them use him more at a shotgun. Again, what I mentioned in my piece, take away half of the field. If you're just like Cooley has mentioned, and I mentioned in the piece, you know, when you mm-hmm. use hot reads and you go to the opposite field from where the pressure is coming, you're not forcing him to make adjustments. You're not forcing him to make quick reads. You're just right. letting him go out and play and use his natural ability. And the best attribute that he brings to the team is his deep ball. In the preseason, mm-hmm. he was up and down, but he was throwing dimes out there. So yeah, no, for I'm, me, the I, only – Yeah, I'm not just going to say – no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt there because it, it, that's all really good points. But I got to say, you know, Dwayne Haskins, and you, you kind of named – you kind of identified where his strengths are. You know, it's really – Throwing the ball, not running the ball. I mean, he's he's not he's not that type. Of, I mean, in, in college, he wasn't that type of quarterback. And we did see, I did see the scramble against the Giants that did look really good, almost a touchdown. I thought it looked really right. really solid. But 
you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's also an element of, do we want to RG3 him, you know, get him injured out there? Yeah. Uh, I think right. Right. That, yep. I, I, I get that argument, but what, what I, again, what I've gone back and forth with a lot of fans is look at RG3 and the way he played with Haskins. It's not run to get yards. It's run to get your receivers open. And like I said, putting him in shotgun and rolling him out, that will give him opportunity to get away from the rush to sure. mask these deficiencies they have on the offensive line. And that's all I'm saying. Put him in the yep. shotgun back there. You know, RG3 was 6'2 and change. This guy is 6'5", you know, last they measured him over 250 pounds. He's going right. to take some hits, and he took some hits against the Giants. I'm not as concerned as others that he's fragile and he's not mentally prepared. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes you've got to take your lumps as an NFL quarterback. And okay. to keep yep. saying that he's not ready and, you know, you have to do this and that, I just I think that that's okay if you've got someone in front of him that can put up the numbers. Keenum had the flash year in Minnesota, and I hope we'd see more of that. But I think what that year in Minnesota showed is when you have two number one receivers and a great defense, of course you can look good. But in this yep. situation, when you're asked to be the man, I don't know. I, I, I don't hope for any quarterback to get hurt, but I'm hoping that somehow Haskins can get on the field against Miami, if not in the next couple weeks, because I think that once he gets on the field, he has that kind of swagger and that kind of ability that, you know, they can open things up because, like I said, uh, McLaurin, Steve Sims, and, you know, even you mentioned Richardson, you know, yeah. he's the only one that's really going to get the ball to them. Granted, you know, against Philadelphia, Keenan was able to get, you know, downfield to McLaurin, but that had more to do with McLaurin just blowing the cu- blown past the cover. Right, right. So and I, I have to, you know, Haskins is, yeah. Yep. No, I was going to say, just to be Haskins honest, though, I think that – I think Haskins. I have no. I do not disagree at all about about getting Haskins into the game. I think that makes total sense. See what you have. You know, get him, get him, get, get him some good reps. Let him have the the first team reps in practice. But I will say this: if he doesn't start this weekend against Miami, I'm not starting him against San Francisco. I'm not starting at Minnesota. I'm not starting him at Buffalo. I wait until after the after that week ten bye and start him against yeah. the Jets at home. That yeah. that what makes sense to me. You know. Yeah. All I, right. I, well, I agree. I just think that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. No. No. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna have you wrap up by giving us your predictions for the Redskins for the rest of the season. It's gonna be fun. But yeah. Go ahead. Finish so your I just, I, I'm just quickly saying. You know, it's just the instability. That's the thing. That you know, of course, the best situation would be going to buy a week. You know, get him a full week with, with full starters reps. You know, but I just don't think that that's gonna happen. I think the way this team's playing. You know and especially with the quarterback situation, we're going to see him sooner rather than later. But it is ideal probably, if not against Miami, you know, to get him going the bye week. Yep. And then, then you get the Jets at home. That sounds like a good, good matchup right there. So let me, uh, let me ask you the, the ultimate question. Uh, predict for us, will, will you, the, the rest of the season for the Redskins, how are they going to do for the rest of the season? Man, I, you know, I I used to be a half glass full kind of guy, but yep. with just the way, I think we'll see a more disciplined team. But man, this team is just snake bitten, you know. And I'm not even going to use this excuse. It's just this is going to be the third straight year we're just constantly piling up injuries. And again, you know, the loss of Trent Williams is you know it's going to be too hard to overcome. I, I think in the end, you know, four to five wins is you know what we're looking at at max. You know, maybe they can pull out a six, but I think more than likely, you know, you're looking at probably four wins for this team. Wow, wow! So, so that means a win against Miami this week for sure. 
maybe the Jets, and you pick up two more along the way. Yeah, um, Giants yeah. at the end of the season, perhaps, as well. So, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens. Um, looking forward to the game this weekend, actually, because I think that it will be um, actually competitive between the Redskins yeah. and the Dolphins. And the Dolphins coming off a bye, by the way. So uh, they have found some right. receivers down there in, in Preston Williams and uh, Devontae Parker. Um, and Josh Rosen getting a you know a bye week to get up to speed on the offense, so this could be uh, pretty challenging, much more challenging than people imagine. All right, let's go ahead and hit the uh, air horn on the show, and we're done. So let's, first of all, thanks very much, Adam, for joining us this week. It's been great, always great to get all the knowledge on the Washington Redskins from you, and of course your insight on uh, the other teams because we talked about the pop, top five power rankings earlier today. Why don't you give us your social media? Um, so people can follow you and go ahead and promo your site. Tell us about the uh, Burgundy and Gold Report. Again, thanks, thanks for having me. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at the BNG Report, and you can see all my articles and um, some of my film room sessions on my site, which is burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. Excellent. Terrific. And we are looking forward to getting Adam to join us more frequently. So we'll, we'll check in on you a little later and, and definitely see after you've had a couple weeks to get under your, uh, under your belt and, and to get a feel for what Callahan's doing and what O'Connell's doing, we're going to check back in and see if it actually has made the differences that you thought of, because this is going to be fun. It'll be fun to see probably the most fun that uh, Redskins ha- fans have to look forward to all season at this point. Right. Right. Um, so right. it should be interesting. All right. Well, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time. And as usual, thank you so much for coming out and wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.